and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Guys. Our 75th episode. This is our 75th episode. Oh my god. Episode. We're septuagenarians. We haven't celebrated a single number yet, and you decided 75 is a good one. Is that because it's the halfway <laughs> point? Yeah. You sent this big 75 cake to my house. <laughs> I've signed on for 150 eps, so yeah, this is the halfway point. I don't know if I'm going to extend that contract. Yeah, Kelly's halfway through his contract. Uh, the schedule seems to disagree with you, Kelly, but we'll see. Schedule doesn't have me listed past 150. <laughs> it doesn't have me listed at all, actually. Oh, do I have to add tabs for which hosts no. will be present for the records? <laughs> we should get some guests yeah. on, though. We should get some guests. Paul F. Tompkins is oh. going to be uh If we could get after. Paul F. Tompkins, I would have him on as a guest. Yeah, Kelly, no offense, but if we somehow worked out a deal where Paul F. Tompkins could replace you, I would take it in a heartbeat. It's fine. I already got, I'm going to start a new podcast called Affleck's in Action, and it's just going to go over Casey and Ben Affleck, so, and the duck from Affleck. Oh, I like this. I like this as an idea. Yeah. So you do a Casey Affleck, a Ben Affleck, and an Affleck commercial every week? (laughs) I mean, not every week. And each episode is three and a half hours long. And we do a ranker quiz every week. Best athletes. (laughs) Who would you guys, what would it take, what celebrity, what would it take for you guys to replace me? Like if it was, let's say, let's say, (laughs) no one, oh, just (laughs) if it was between me and just the being you two guys, you would take that deal? No, No, he said Noah. Noah. Oh, if, it's okay. like way so it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be. It's not like if we could get like fucking Conan O'Brien to replace me, you would do it. If you could just get our other friend Noah to replace me, you would take that. <laughs> oh, no, deal. he meant he meant Noah from the Ark. Actually, if we could get him to replace <laughs> you, we would do that. build a time machine. Yeah, I forgot to say living or dead before I posited the question. Marty's trying to make you feel less bad, Scott. I got enough projects with Scott. I I, I would replace Scott in a heartbeat. <laughs> So I would do Jesus Christ. If Jesus showed up, I would replace you wow. with Jesus. That's the only person I can think of, though. Who's better? Yeah. How do you know Scott's not Jesus? That's true. Oh, this is getting some sacrilegious territory here. Yeah. What if God could be... was one of us? What if the spoof? Messiah was just a slacker of a guy? <laughs> hey, Dude, this, what, what if... a great transition. Come on, let's go. Let's go. What a great transition. I set you Welcome up perfectly. to Spoofs, Goofs, and Novelty Songs. The podcast about dumb shit. I'm Scott. I'm Kelly. The replaceable host. I'm Marty. <laughs> this week, we're reviewing Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, a 2010 romantic comedy co-written, produced, directed by Edgar Wright, based on the graphic novel series Scott Pilgrim by Brian Lee O'Malley. The film stars Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim, a Torontoian slacker musician who must battle the seven evil exes of his new girlfriend, Ramona Flowers. This film adaptation was proposed following the release of the first book of the Scott Pilgrim series, with Wright and co-writer Michael Bacall coming on board to work out the script. Quite famously, the ongoing script for the film influenced the comics, with lines and plot points being used by O'Malley, save for the sixth book, which wasn't finished until around the film's release. It is maintained that nothing from the sixth book appears in the film, despite the fact that the climax is, like, identical from the two things. This movie was quite notably a box office bomb, earning only $48 million on an $85 million budget, with the general belief being that Universal simply did not know how to market it. Universal has since made statements saying the movie was ahead of its time, which is a classic studio cop-out. 
It immediately was a critical darling as well as a cult classic, constantly appearing on your various streaming services. I feel like it's always been on the front page of Netflix since its release. There are so many fun facts and Easter eggs about <laughs> Oh, that this. website that famously makes an algorithm just for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, People no. love this movie. I hate this movie. <laughs> Hey, you're like Trump just saying like people are saying this. People are saying this is good. This this late 20s white male. Let's put Scott it's constantly on, on the front Netflix. page. If you went to yeah, if you went to <laughs> Hey, this this boy, this man child of a person He's going to love this. He's going to eat oh, this that's fucking so funny. shit up. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, fuck, people, everyone on Earth loves Taxi Driver. That's why it's on the front page. Like, I'm just revealing I'm a psychopath. Like, uh, that's, Okay, this is the John Mulaney thing. He was talking about how uh, the pandemic overshadowed the drama in the royal family. Yes. Last year. And Seth, he was on Seth Meyers talking about this. And Seth Meyers is like, you know, like, where, where are you getting this idea from? And he's like, well my Google news application, of course. And Seth Meyers is like, you know, they tailor that like to what you click on specifically. And John Mulaney was like, Oh, <laughs> and he realized like his whole joke about it just like went out the window. Cause he's like, so that's why it's all pandemic news and the Royal back family to, <laughs> back to the workshop with that one. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is considered both a throwback for the camera movements, visual flares, and sound effects choices specifically, and groundbreaking for its cross-media usage, world reality setting, and the general design and look. Not, many people think this was like really like a kickoff for this kind of uh, filmmaking style. Gentlemen, what did you think of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World on our 75th episode? Finally. We're finally counting. Well, since it's the 75th episode, I guess I'll really tell you. This is a... Uh... With all, oh, I'm forgetting his, what's this director man we all like? Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Edgar Wright, all his stuff is always, like, very, like, intentional. And, you know, anything that has, like, clear intention, I'm, like, pretty much in for. I would say, I like, like, the story uh, of this. And I think, and I like, you know, like, the Edgar Wright, like, editing and fast-paced stuff. But some of the humor and some of the aesthetical stuff i think just like maybe it's just like for me personally because like i thought it was like so cool when it came out now it makes me maybe i'm like cringing at myself when i'm cringing at this but i'm like i just think it like ages poorly and like in 10 years it's gonna look even worse but that doesn't undo all the good things this movie has going on this concludes my opening statement <laughs> um all right I I'm Edgar Wright fanboy to the core. And every time I think about this movie in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, it's like one of his best ones, like top three easily. And then rewatching it, it's just like kinda it's got it's got problems. It's got some problems. I don't think it's like anything like t terrible. Like it's still critically awesome and very like one of the more fun movies I think I've ever seen. Like overall. It's just like uh uh, theme park ride of a movie and it's also like tailored honestly we goof about the Netflix thing this movie is like for me <laughs> like it's video games comics mm -hmm. uh, creepy man dramedy st the stylistic like I don't know 
it's it, this movie is like made for me, but like rewatching it, I think most of the problems I have with it are just like even on the paper thin pages of the ink filled comics, these characters were much more three dimensional yes. than in the movie. The movie they are just so flat and I read the books like after the movie and I don't think I would have been a fan of the movie just because of the way like Knives and Ramona were portrayed in the movie compared to in the comics. Ramona's yes. not that cold in the comics. She's so cold in this movie. She's pretty aloof in the comics. Like the whole shtick in the She's aloof, but yeah. but it, she does like she's written so weird and portrayed so weird in in the movie that like I don't know, it's just boys. I got a saucy saucy take about the state of the entertainment industry. Are you ready? I'm ready. In the around like the 2000s and like you know around this time like 2010 or whatever we loved like taking like books and like graphic novels and stuff and turning them into like hour and a half two hour movies um and i was not very successful now 2021 we're in like the streaming age Make that shit a HBO miniseries, yeah. or hey, even a uh, yeah. maxi series. Why the hell not? If they could have waited. Oh my! And god. And that tends to work better with like long form uh, source material. I bet Scott Pilgrim would make a good TV show, a better TV show than a movie. Yes, the the they do take a lot of shortcuts with the characters specifically. Like all of the supporting characters in this movie, besides Ramona, I would say. The screen time they get is like the plot points in the book are so much more spread out and everybody has like full complicated arcs and the whole shtick of like Scott Pilgrim having like main character syndrome and being in his own head and all this kind of being not real is like not really dabbled with too much in the movie. And it's because like they just have to streamline it. Like this movie yeah. is basically an adaptation of the first two books and then they just cut to the end and they, they kind of <laughs> just quickly get through the rest of the murders quickly. Yeah. Like one everything of the else... most interesting hooks is the seven evil exes and like getting like the backstory yeah. on each one is like really interesting. And then also, yeah, yeah in the books mm -hmm. you get more like what's the character, the drummer in the band uh, Kim. Kim. Yeah, yeah. She has I just a remember huge backstory in the a, comics. Yeah, a really interesting backstory that you, I don't think we really get any of in the movie. And she's played by Allison Pine, right? Allison Pill. Allison Pill. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just like so con they have to condense it. And it's like a weird balance of like, well, we want it to be like a love letter to the people who are reading the comics because they have so many good references and like the way that Edgar Wright successfully portrays and like translates the comic to a movie just with like the Scott Pilgrim room scene incredible labeling stuff that's Wallace's versus Scott stuff having a different yes. sound cue for each like oh my god it's so fucking it's, good but it's, it's so identical fast. to the comics also like it's yeah. literally like frame for frame the comics and it's right. and, and like a lot of comic book movies do that kind of thing but this movie executes it the best any movie has ever executed it's Watch so well done in I'd say Watchmen which was controversial because it was like half and half. The movie Watchmen does a good job of like having certain bits from the comics in the movie translated. Like not, sure. it's, it has its other problems, but I I think that that's another example of it like being successful. I, I think like you have like the subspace and then, highway. Hey, just that to illustrate my point, the fucking Watchmen movie from 2000, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this shit works better as a TV show. 
Well, the TV show is like a spin-off, but it's still like fucking good. It's still, like it's yeah. way better as a miniseries. And there's a lot of like The Boys and um Doom right. Patrol, other comic series that are like I think they're way better even with like low budget graphics departments. Like they're doing a way better job of telling a story and making it um captivating. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's it's like balancing sort of like who who are they making this movie for? Are they making it for like a general audience or are they making it for like the comic book super fans and they kind of just have to like compromise at certain parts like the subspace highway that Ramona uses to deliver packages they have it but it like they don't explain it at all and it's not like you get hung up on it but it's also like what's the deal with this like what do you I don't understand this like are you just and it's not explained in the comics either but it's at least like delved into more where it has more necessary function to the plot so it's actually justified that it's not totally explained but at least it makes sense why it's in the story in this it's just like she travels by using a another dimension like what is it supposed to be in this movie yeah for it's sure. it's like is this diegetic or is this in scott's brain in the comics it's like no this is real but in this movie it's yes. kind of just like i don't know you fucking choose which is it's it's real but it's like still presented as like this is coming from because he's our narrator like right. he's our point of view right yeah yeah um but yeah I, basically, i'll say the basic ahead. sorry i got no, got <laughs> I got notes it's good. For, for the first time in 75 episodes. I got a page of notes. I just wanted to say it's it's like I said, the problem is they don't get enough time to develop any of the characters, despite all of the characters being so interesting the way they are. Aubrey Plaza's character, as an example, is fantastic. Um, in the short scenes that she's in, I think she steals a lot of those scenes. Um, Anna Kendrick's character as Scott's sister really good really goofy i would love like a short film on wallace alone uh scott's gay roommate some of the scenes that he's in are so funny and just like so out there but then like you read the comics and it doesn't go into a lot like um steven stills the band leader he's gay in Mm -hmm. the comics he trans like he goes from sort of being straight to coming out and i love that plot line and they don't touch on that at all because they just don't have time yeah so right yeah, And it's done in the comics, it's done in a way that it's like uh, also not really touched on. And the idea, again, it plays to the main character syndrome thing. Scott doesn't realize that this is happening. And like as a reader, you're not presented with it until the very end. And so no, it's done I in a way it. to. S- <laughs> I was going to make that joke. That I'll was do my it cold once. Open That's idea. the one time I'll do it and I won't do it anymore. <laughs> that was my cold open. I was like, the movie shares the name of one of our co-hosts. But I took that out. Yeah, Pilgrim. Uh, I'll say for me. I love this movie. I think this movie, is, I've seen it so many times though that I'm a little sick of it. And like doing it for the podcast was like necessary, but I also kind of didn't put, have been putting it off because uh, I don't know. I've just seen it so many times that like I'm like with Scott where it's like I watch it and I'm kind of cringing at the fact that like I know every single line of this movie. <laughs> uh, but this movie is so playful. It's so much fun to watch that even when like the, the like I would say like there's like a 20 minute section around uh, the fifth the fourth, fifth, and sixth at Evil X's, where it starts to drag because they're just streamlining everything and you're kind of not getting all the great characterization. Because the first, like, half hour of this movie is, like, so slow-paced, kind of. It's taking its time. It's really setting up the world and the situation. But once it gets to the the battles, it's just, like, get to get through all the battles really quickly. And so the movie does lose a little of, like, paying off all that characterization in, like, the most powerful way it could have. But this is such a fun movie, as a spoof, as given this is that's the title of this podcast, 
it's a fantastic parody of video games and of comic books. Every boss battle is like a take on video game boss battles. And the way the bosses all are performed in this movie are all like screaming every single line. They're all portrayed as if they're like a Bowser who's like going to kill the main character. And they're so seriously done. I just think the movie in general as a package is again, like every right movie, it's so tightly created, but the script lacks a little bit. The direction kind of overcomes the lack of script by being so like uh, design heavy and so clever and creative and visually fun the entire time that it kind of overcomes it, but it still has some flaws. Yeah, I I mean, like I'll criticize this movie a lot, but it's classic Edgar Wright. You just like you can watch it like three, four, or five times and notice new things every single time. Notice new mm-hmm. bits, foreshadowing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the the movie is just like tailored to my Game Boy brain of like, uh, it, it's just like the video game, the comic aspect of it. Like this was stuff that I was super into at the time. I still am pretty into obviously now. And also at the time I wasn't dating anyone, but I related to a toxic amount to Scott Pilgrim, like, you know, just mm-hmm. juggling different girls who didn't know I was interested in them and I didn't realize they were probably interested in me because I didn't know how the world worked. So um, none of them were in high school, though. That was a little bit Well, that's much. how the world works. Everybody's into you, Cal. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> the, the high school thing, mm-hmm. it's hard to say if that ages poorly or not. Um, I don't... I think it's done... Um... Everyone treats it like it's creepy. Everyone right. treats it like it's weird. Even Scott it's Pilgrim books, he, himself is like, this is wrong. Like, I shouldn't yes. be doing this, but he yes. is. And he's, like, too nice to break it off, which, again, I related to. Um, And Sarah, Michael Sarah is probably my least favorite cast, even though he does a good job. And I don't know who else you would have play Scott Pilgrim. He was, like, the commodity of the era, you know, just, yeah. like, playing that character it's, I, I don't the know nice guy the nice yeah. guy probably who's get also clint just eastwood to do an asshole yeah clint eastwood <laughs> would have been a pretty good one yeah at this age at the age he is now yeah 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 even age him up yeah, yeah benjamin button paul is newman ass. maybe paul newman could have been good if he was still i, I watched this movie and i agree I, <laughs> billy like, crystal michael sarah <laughs> billy crystal <laughs> These are actually, those two are not actually bad choices. No, these are joke choices that are bad on purpose. What are you talking about? It's me, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, that's not even a good William Crystal. That was more John C. Anyway, keep going. I couldn't imagine anybody else playing the part, but I also agree that it's like, I kind of want someone who's like a little more actively anxious to play Scott Pilgrim. But again, I think Michael Sarah's probably still the perfect person for the movie. I think the beginning parts where it's doing all the heavy character work, it's when his performance is the weakest, but the, the parts that are weaker in the movie, he's actually stronger in that section. Like, I think he actually carries the movie for a little bit. Like when it's losing, like when it's just streamlining all the exposition and their relationship, the main relationship going on, I actually think he kind of carries it and makes it work. I think him and Winstead both do that very, very well in this movie. I think they're actually like the movie wouldn't work without the two of them being as strong as they are. I think I I really think that where this movie has failures in writing department, maybe sometimes in the performance, uh you know it just 100 percent is made up for by the filmmaking like and that's just what edgar wright does is just he 
you could give him a potato and he could make a fucking cool scene out of it. Like, I don't know. He, he Even the scenes where it's like, I don't know if Sarah fits into this role, like, for the party scene. There's so much going on with the lighting, the framing of everything. It's just crazy like it, he just does yeah. such a good hold on fucking a second job. Wait, wait wait hold on a second. i'm just getting an alert on the uh film wire here about edgar wright's new movie is about a heist that takes place in idaho <laughs> uh potato potato because the potato yeah because the potato thing he's doing it uh-huh. he's doing it again y'all <laughs> Stephen marty's like Oof. <laughs> oh come oh, on <laughs> Oh, all of a sudden we decide to take the fucking high horse. No, it just took me a while to get there. It took my Game Boy Scott, brain a minute to load we're that We're having sequence. a serious film discussion, and you come in here with your fucking uh, jokes? Scott's got to fill in jokes? for me this week. <laughs> I'm so tired. You're tired? Mm-hmm. I'm tired. We're all tired. We're all up the same amount of lateness last night. <laughs> That's true. Anyone have anything else to, to rant about? <laughs> I feel like we've been talking about just a lot of the bad stuff about the movie because we're doing critical analysis, but like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying what Kelly said. The movie runs at such a clip and there's so much visual, fun, cool stuff to like keep your attention moving around that like, hey, who gives a shit? This is a really fun movie. Yeah. I'm ready to rate. Marty, go. As a take on the musical genre too, this is like a really fun, like, idea it's like yeah oh, this we'll is definitely a spoof bands. of yeah we gotta musicals. talk about Beck. it is it genuinely is yeah yeah this is a huge like yeah they do that whole um sound of music scene i just mean like structurally it's what are you talking about because the battle of the band sequences are all musical numbers essentially it is a take on a musical it is like it just is <laughs> No, it's it's a take on things with music. It's a take on music, maybe, but musical means something very specific. It just clicked. It just clicked for me. You know how when you're watching like Star Wars or like Jurassic Park and music plays, those are musicals. (laughs) (laughs) Or you know how um, there's literally a Bollywood musical parody in this fucking movie. You guys, one Bollywood musical parody. Oh my god. This is not a parody of musicals. Scott Pilgrim, I will fucking take this to my grave. I didn't say it was a parody. I said it's a take on doing that. It is a musical. It's structured like a musical where there's a big number every like 10, 15 minutes, and it's a different genre of music every single time. This is very definitely structured to be like a musical. There's a band in it. There's a band in it. So Wait, wait. Every movie with a band in it is a musical? Uh, No. Okay. There's choreographed design. Like every one of those sequences is like a choreographed dance number also. Like it's just <laughs> agree to disagree. You can argue whether it's like good or not, but it's yeah, it's fine. But Scott, saying, let me try like, to yeah, Marty, let me try to explain this to Scott. Scott, you know how like in uh The Godfather mm-hmm. and there's like sometimes music <laughs> in the background and then mm-hmm. they At also the wedding, are walking the to their singing. marks on the set. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what that's a musical too, is what Marty's trying to say. I think. Did I get it, Marty? Did I get it? Is that way? Who knew this would be the hot the hot take that finally breaks the podcast? Is me calling Scott Pilgrim a musical? It's got music. I can't in wait it. for the stage adaptation. It's got music in it. Beck. Ooh, you that. could do a stage adaptation mm. of this. It's not. It's Two not nights. impossible. Two you nights could, though. Yeah, but it would have to take over multiple. Four nights evil exes in one night. Three in the other. That would be so horrible. Way to make it work. Ah, man. I uh let's talk about Beck for just a quick 
second. He does a pretty mm-hmm. good job of translating. His metachlorian count is off the charts. <laughs> he he does a good job of making good music for the film. Uh, I think it translates Sex bob like style to something that was believable, sort of like for a DIY-type band. Steven Stills playing an acoustic guitar uh, with a distortion pedal yeah. would Insane. never fucking work. Insane. In, yeah, it wouldn't work. There would be feedback any time you're not playing. Like, yeah. It would be awful. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking about that when I when the movie came out and be like, oh, yeah, we should do that. And then I think we tried it with, like, Melissa's Taylor guitar and just, like, no, fuck that. Mm-hmm. On, like, a tiny amp, you get an insane amount of feedback. Yep, everybody has to learn. Doesn't that broken social scene, does the other band also, they do one of the bands, right? I'm pretty sure. What happened? What? Broken social scene? Doesn't broken social scene do some of the other music in this they, movie? Too? I think broken social scene, they at least they have do, a song in this score. Crap. Well, yeah. The teenage yeah. one. Um, mm-hmm. They might have been. The boys is they might have been crashing the boys. I think they. Thinking. I think it's them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just think Beck does a good job of translating it. I think Anime Naguchi was in on this as well, doing like the video game music for it. They were pretty hot yeah. item back in two thousand nine because they were doing like the chip tune music. <laughs> one of the first bands to make it big doing that type of stuff. There's that metric song that uh, yep. is Envy Adams music, which fucking slaps. Great oh, fucking love choice. That song. I actually fucking love the whole. Oh yeah, this is this all the music oh, on. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's not that <laughs> this hard. This is to like believe. right up. This is like right up all three of our. Well, Scott probably the least of the three of us likes yeah. all this music, but this I is like. I listen to these... the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you do, but back then you he were like, to... no, I'm too cool for this. There's too many. You looked at it and you're like, this has too many listens on it. No, thank you. <laughs> Scott listens to his favorite musical albums: The Beatles, Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Scott, Scott, those are both soundtrack. takes on musicals. Yeah. Scott's got this. Change uh, my mind. Debate me, coward. <laughs> Scott's I got did a, debate you. <laughs> you've got this threshold of hey, that's a reference to the movie. Hey, so. from the movie, which is a great scene. Also, wish I could talk more about it, but we're running low on time here. <laughs> Scott's got a threshold where if he goes to a band on Spotify and it has over a thousand listens, he won't listen to it. But if it has under a billion, he also won't listen to it. So he'll listen to like the <laughs> DIY shit and then also the Beatles, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Rolling Stones. Beach Boys. Beach Boys. I mean, that's honestly kind of fair yeah did i roast you have you been <laughs> no, sufficiently not. roasted I think, I think you actually got him kind of there <laughs> yeah uh i'm not even pissed skipping ahead to the end uh the nega scott twist in this is really funny uh that they just like they're just like they set up a second climax and they just like cut away and then they come back and they've made amends off screen i think that's a really funny bit but it's just because they don't have time. They're just like we don't have. They, we have to cover this thing that's in the movie, the books, but we can't do. Yeah, it. they did. I was gonna say they did a take on that in the movie too. So, or sorry, in the books too. Um, yeah, the ending was supposed to be him with knives, and it didn't test well on the screen. Obviously, she's in fucking high school, and he's an asshole. And her character. Her character's growth is not getting back together with him. It's like realizing she doesn't need him. Like, right. Yeah. So they changed like it, it to him sense. getting with Ramona. And I think in the comics, the way it ends is he's with knives for like a year or so and then breaks up with her and then gets back together with Ramona. I don't remember. 
something no, like that. No, it's the, it's a, or the opposite. No, it's the same. It's it's like the same timeline. It pretty much is like the same timeline wise. He, him and Ramona break up for a bit. He goes away on like a retreat and then comes back for like the climactic battle and then they get back together after that. It's pretty it's pretty similar to what the movie does. Fair enough. As a movie, ten out of ten. Whoa, love this movie. Rose colored glasses for this movie. Uh, it's fucking awesome. It's so fun. Uh, all the problems it has are meaningless to you. Made up for with filmmaking. I've already said what I've wanted to say about it. The it's just great. It's a good, fun movie. As a spoof, I don't think it's that spoofy, guys. I think it's just a decent translation from the no, comics. No, it's a fucking take on musicals. What are you talking about? Okay, 10 out of 10 is a spoof. <laughs> You've convinced me, Scott. You've convinced me. They're uh, like, one psh, boom, psh, singular sensation. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Pilgrim evil excess. Uh. <laughs> They found a way. They found a way to make me want to stop doing the podcast. <laughs> As a movie, 9 out of 10. I think it's a really great movie. I think it has some flaws. I probably would have given it a 10 out of 10 if you asked me like when this movie came out. But I've seen it too many times. So, As a spoof, 10 out of 10. I actually think it's a great parody <laughs> of comic books and of video games and of all the tropes that go into making those into adapted media. I think this actually nails that stuff. Oh, there was one other like quick note. When they do the uh, the baseline note from Seinfeld, that's the loudest reaction I've ever heard in a theater. Mm. When I saw this movie, people like fucking lost their shit at that in this movie. Uh, and as a take on musicals, 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as a movie, 8 out of 10, Edgar, Edgar Wright, he just like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, uh, even when it's bad, it ain't that bad just because it's like edited so fun. And there's funny jokes and like, yeah. And then also I think that there's like, <sighs> there's a good story in there somewhere. And I think a lot of what got lost in it is them trying to like condense it down. Um, and uh, as a spoof, um yeah, it's one of those things where you like, yeah, right. It's spoofing video games and like TV shows and like other movies and like, uh, right, comic books and like, of course, musicals. Like, it's trying to do uh, a lot of things, but every like singular bit, it, you can tell exactly what it is trying to spoof or like reference. So I'll give that a 7.8 out of 10. The end. Kelly. Yeah. Do you have a novelty song for us? I do. Finally, I can tear off this mask of pretending to like every aspect of Scott Pilgrim. Can you guys guess what my one qualm with the movie was? Mm. It takes place in Canada. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Kelly's vomiting. Canada? <laughs> no, thank you. I'll stay in good old USA. Yeah. They only got dude, two guys, colors. Hold on. I have something really, really, really funny to say. Hold on. To, uh, just prepare. Are you sitting down? Yeah, I'm sitting. We've been sitting the whole time. Apostrophe, apostrophe, America. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm pumping my fist for the listener who cannot see me. Um, Maybe you could see me if you had better internet and you're not stuck in canada with their low 
bandwidth. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Yeah. Your stupid uh, cable companies can't perform very well. So this week, I thought it'd be a fun a time to go over one of the best Weird Al songs because he really roasts these guys good. Canadian Idiot. And it goes a little something like this. And I need to play the song. You play the song. Don't want to be a Canadian idiot. Don't want to be some bear swill and hockey nuts. And do I look like some frostbitten hose head? All right. So, no. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, weird. <laughs> Appreciate your good take on dumb the dumbos up north <laughs> on top so i thought it'd be a little fun to talk about canada and how dumb they are oh my god all right so it's a little true or yeah, false terrence and philip right? yeah <laughs> that's one of my favorite takes they're just tooting all over <laughs> they don't have heads that are attached to the mouths true or false canada offers paid parental leave insurance to all citizens well, I know they're True. so stupid. I know they're so stupid and bad, so I'll say false. <laughs> Wrong, Scott. They do. <laughs> Apparently, you don't have to work after you have children there. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Kids? No, no, they're lazy. They're lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're true, super lazy. Yeah, true, yeah. true true, or false? Canada has the same government as the USA. False. Uh, <laughs> they have a prime minister <laughs> and a queen. And she, the queen doesn't even do that much. <laughs> they have four major parties, which is way too many parties. Iwi. Question three. Iwi. Canadians like immigrants. Gag me with a spoon. Yeah, they fucking do. <laughs> Idiots. They think immigration is critical to their success. Is this a self quiz? <laughs> Question four. Canadians drink oh milk on a carton. True or false? No, it's fucking false. They drink it from bags. I bet it's because it's close. They think it's closer to drink it straight from the udder. Oh my god, so gross. Ew. Canadians take more vacation than the USA. True or false? True as fuck, y'all. Oh my god, no wonder their dollar is worth less than Americans' dollar. Am I right, fellas? Yeah, fuck economies. Canadians get government-provided health care. True, dude. Oh my god. Like, that's so gross. Like, why would you want the government to pay a doctor to touch my genitals, man? No, I want to pay that doctor with my money. It's colder in Canada. Yeah, that's question seven, actually. I respect that. Question eight. True or false? They like Starbucks? No, they like Tim Hortons up there. <laughs> wait, it's, wait, it's true or false whether they objectively like a coffee. More they than like Tim coffee. Hortons. They don't drink Starbucks. They like Timmy Hortz. Dumbos? Question nine. Canadians use the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> you just a <laughs> can you guys imagine can you guys imagine just for a second using a system that measures in multiples of 10 that's so yeah, fucking insane. Lame, why not dude? 12 like, or 4 or yeah learn some math you idiots 13 and a half all right speaking of math question 10 Canadians love higher education and it's cheaper there. <laughs> Fucking nerds. <laughs> oh my god. That's a g- great question. And question 11, true or false, do they use... To- Why is there more? <laughs> Why are there so many? Because there's not less. Tiebreaker question. Tiebreaker question. Okay, okay, true or okay, false, okay. do they use pennies in Canada? 
No. Marty gets no, it. Marty wins. Yeah, I win the quiz. I think what Kelly's getting at is that's a weaker Weird Al entry, I think. That's one of the weaker ones we've listened to, I think. No, I, I really wasn't trying to say anything with that. I was just having fun. I'm just here to have fun. Oh. I'm here for a fun time. You were having a good fun? Time. I think Kelly's just trying to get us all home on time. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Let's hope let's hope we can. <clears throat> Marty. Yes. Oh my god. Harley Quinn is back. Yeah, Our famous character. Marty there. I'll, I'll get Mr. J for you. <laughs> Gentlemen. Marty Martin is Jazubowski. kind of fully Joker-fied, isn't he? I'm twisted. And I'm tired of pretending I'm not. <laughs> Do you guys remember what happens when Scott Pilgrim defeats the bosses in... Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, uh, hold on, Scrooge McDuck remembers. They turn into gold coins, melody. That's right. This week's novelty product is a token coin. This one in particular <laughs> is from Uptown in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A barcade. Uh, I'm going to just briefly say token coins because we got to get to our segment here. The token coin is a coin-like thing used in your various... Uh, casinos attractions uh there's a lot of history about token coins i typed almost all of it out we don't have time for it today unfortunately to be confused with token coins from the lord of the rings trilogy (laughs) there's a lot of confusing history with token coins in the timeline token coins are mostly made using copper occasionally used as legal tender in place of real coins and obviously there's slot tokens, rail tokens, car wash tokens, etc., etc. The idea of creating fake money for specifics has been around for goddamn ever, dating back to even uh, the Roman Empire, basically. Churches used to give tokens to members so they could pass a religious test prior to the day of communion. You would have to use that token to gain entry to the church for communion. Uh, there's other fun facts. Uh, go check the Wikipedia for token coins. There's a lot of history to token coins that's all really confusing, timeline-wise. Gentlemen, for this week's novelty product segment, I'm going to give you each 10 tokens. That's right, you have 10 tokens to use as we enter the Spoofs, Goofs, and Novelty Songs Hotel and Casino. Step right up, boy and boy, and place your wager, if you will, here at the SGNS Hotel and Casino. We've got a few options for you. You can play the roulette wheel with each spin costing you one token, sit down and play some blackjack, each hand costs two tokens, play the slots, each pull costs one token, Try your luck at craps. Each one is about five tokens. You can rent a room for the night, which costs you seven tokens. Or <laughs> you can walk back out the door and leave the segment, which costs 20 tokens. Oh, it costs more money than I have to leave? <laughs> yes. So you can't leave until the segment is not over until one of you gets 20 tokens. So it's kind of like j- uh, being in a jail, too. <laughs> So, gentlemen, who would like to start first, and where would you like to go? I'm scared. With your ten tokens. Kelly, let's go play some blackjack. You're both going to sit down? I'll go... Well, it's up to him. No, I'll go somewhere else to... Okay. Because uh, I've done bits like this before, and it helps if we split up, gang. <laughs> what do you mean, bits? So, Scott sits down at the blackjack table, and he's dealt cards. The dealer... Shows the Ace of Diamonds. But what is this? Scott has been dealt the Ten of Clubs and the Jack of Hearts. Scott has Blackjack. Hit. The dealer flips over. Yeah, Scott, would you like to hit or stay? Oh, I guess... I'm going to stay. The dealer flips over his 
hidden card revealing the Ace of Clubs and wins with a score of 22. Scott loses two tokens. You can't That's, win with a score of what 22. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's Scott a buzz. Also, you wouldn't buzz. Scott. You'd have 12 or two, or you would split. Scott gets dealt, Scott gets dealt a second hand. Okay. <laughs> Continue. The, de- the dealer slaps you in the face and tells you to go play a different game. Oh, okay. He takes one more token from you. I saw, and- well, then I, if I say, if you wanted me to do that, why did you deal me this second hand? Scott is down to seven tokens after playing blackjack. Kelly, where did you end up? What are the options? Roulette, craps, slots, rent a room for the night. Uh, sl- I want slots. Let's do slots. Okay. Kelly sits down at slots and pulls his first lever. Huh. The machine broke. Hmm. The coin slot still seems to work, but the machine didn't, uh, didn't, uh, roll or do anything. Weird. Cool. I leave. Or I, go, I, leave I go complain. With my remaining I- seven coins... I, I've, I'm i like, I'm trapped in this hell. I'm never going to get the 20 coins I need to leave. So I go to rent a room with the intention of using one of the towels to hang myself in the shower. <laughs> you arrive to your hotel room and the key works splendidly. You get inside and find a film crew filming a porno with a prostitute just about to take off her clothes. You're just in time, she says. I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille. You look in the mirror. You are Cecil B. DeMille, iconic film director. You smile. The director of the pornography hands you 20 tokens. You can stay or leave. <laughs> I'm getting out of there. I'm <laughs> Scott not leaves. Scott has, Scott has left the hotel and casino. Kelly is still trapped. Having spent... He's down to nine tokens total, Kelly. Well, what am I supposed to... All right, I'll go back to the slots and I'll put another token in. Kelly puts another token in and pulls the lever... Jackpot! You win 8 million tokens! Alright, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh my Later! <laughs> wow, 8 million? That's a lot. I don't think I can hold that many. That's like way too many to uh, hold. Do you guys want to play roulette? Any- yeah, other I'll play roulette. Yeah, I go Let back play- in. I go back I'll, in I'll to hit, play roulette. I'll hit up the roulette table. I got I'm like, Scott's hey, let's celebrate. Oh, you got 8 million minus 20? Let's go celebrate, man. <laughs> yeah, my back is thrown out with these sacks of right. tokens. Uh, who wants to roll first on the roulette? Or where do you guys want to put your you tokens? Roll. I'm putting yeah, it all on black, roll. baby. Come on. I want Scott's on black. red. I don't know the numbers. Red 21. One through 100. Well, yeah, Plays but red 21. isn't there like some are red, some are black? I don't know if 21 yes. is red. I don't remember. It, it doesn't is. matter. It's red totally 21. Red. It's definitely red. Okay. First wheel spin. Red 69, unfortunately. So Scott loses his money. <laughs> oh, no. Kelly loses his money. We're trapped. Se- no, I didn't put all of it on red 20. Oh, I didn't you didn't put... Oh, much. Kelly, you can borrow Scott some tokens if you like. All right, like. I, put, I put some on... What do you mean some of Scott? I have 8 million tokens. I didn't just bet <laughs> all of them. I'm not an idiot. I put 10 on black 420, baby. <laughs> Spit it again. I put mine on red double zero we roll the wheel and it's red 420 not black 420 (laughs) unfortunately there's no black 420 (laughs) why would it be red 69 and then red 420 it's amazing that you were so close to guessing what i was gonna do next damn it 
Uh, I put well, mine both... on uh, zero. Wait, eight zero zero eight <laughs> seven <laughs> three <laughs> five five. <laughs> Scott wins. Scott is allowed nice. to leave the casino once again. Wait, where did my boobs go? I'm allowed. I have extras. Oh, Kelly can still play if you want to play some more. No, I'm done. Unless you want okay. me to roll again. Do you have more no, written? I have craps written down, but we don't have to do craps. It's fine. Save we'll it do for it. the we'll next s- time we do a yeah, we'll do it. segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Save it for the next dungeon you have for us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our token coin segment for the week. Mm-hmm. This is your level seven paladin signing off. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, we appreciate it. Next week we're doing... Um... Uh... Grapes of Wrath. The real one? Ringo Levio. (laughs) Oh, Oh, getting that plug in. Very good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And my Twitter is.